Welcome to the Coaching Skills for Leaders podcast with Jana Henderson and Neil Thubron. The purpose of the podcast is to help leaders anywhere develop their coaching skills to transform the lives of those they lead as well as their own. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Coaching Skills for Leaders, where we have a superbly juicy topic for you um, this afternoon. And it is, drum roll. (laughs) So, yeah, hello, everyone. Great to be here again. So we're going to focus on the triad that you can use. It's a a coaching model that we want to share with you. The triad that you can use to control your own state, be aware of your own state, or notice the state in other people. That's that's what we're going to talk about today. But actually, just to get a ground level, what, what do we mean by state, Yana? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was first introduced to this. This is a Tony Robbins, classic Tony Robbins model, the triad being made up of three parts that create any emotional state, whether we are in a depressed state, in a top of the world kind of state, in a sad state, anything that's really um, an expression of our mood, of our feelings is really made up of three parts, right? And so we want to show you how you can be aware of your own state, actively change your own state, actively influence other people's states by focusing on these three parts that are making up the triad. And they are physiology, focus, and language. Yeah, brilliant. And and physiology is at the top because it's the most powerful. And physiology, because I get asked this, really, what do we mean by physiology? Physiology means what you do with your body, what you do with your face, what you do with your hands, your gesticulation, basically everything you do that is physical around you. And why is that important? Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like if I was asking you to be an actor and show me that you're depressed, we use our body massively to create depression. For anybody listening, what would that look like? I would say we probably have our head tilted down. The gaze of the eyes is you know, more towards the floor. We would usually hunch our shoulders. The breathing would be more shallow rather than full deep breaths, right? So in order to make depression happen, quote unquote depression, a depressed state happen, we have to do certain things with our body that let us sink into the deep, sad feelings with our body. So the shoulders being rolled forward and the gaze being down and the breath being shallow is like three ways that we would express that. If on the other side, side I asked you to um, show me as an actor how you be if you just climbed Mount Kilimanjaro or something that's spectacular and you have an amazing view and you feel literally on top of the world, most of the people would have some version of shoulders back, deep breaths, you know, being like literally the gaze is certainly at horizon level or above, you know, you're just energetic, you're bringing power to the moment in -hmm. some ways. And we all, we do this all just with physiology. We could literally say nothing and think nothing and still create a feeling based experience based on how we use our body. Brilliant. Yeah. And and I think of a great example of it in a, in a business environment as well. So Public speaking is one of those areas where people get, you know, it's one of the things that people fear most is public speaking. And if you walk to the stage and you walk in a slow way, looking down at the ground, breathing shallowly, as you just described, 
and you've got that. You know, you're nervous. Everyone's nervous when they go on stage. Everyone's nervous, but your body is showing that you're nervous. Then that that state is going to come across the audience, and it's not going to help your brain. And you know, I do a lot of public speaking, and when I public speak, I'm nervous before I get up in front of a group of people. But I always start at the back of the room, and I like to run to the front of the room. I get on stage, I throw my arms open, I push my chest forward to get me in the right state. I don't care about the audience at that point. I just want to get me in the right state. Absolutely. So you can use that power of your body to get – and the, the reason it works, so this is I, – I, I remember the Tony Robbins explanation as to why this works, is because of all the neuro uh, nerves in our body all connecting together, and it sends a message to our, our brain. So mm-hmm. if we are in that kind of depressed, nervous state, that's sending a message to our brain that we're nervous with. And if we are in a, uh, if we're switching our bodies into a powerful state and we're we're looking up, we're pushing out our chest, we're breathing heavily, that's sending powerful messages to our brain about confidence. It's tricking our brains into thinking a different emotion, a different emotional state. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there was a really great um, TED Talk, I believe it was initially with Amy Cuddy, where she actually talked to superhero poses. And this was this was coming out of um, research studies where they it, it led all the way to basically surgeons even having the, you know, the arms on the sides of the hips and standing like a superhero, right? Yeah. Legs slightly spread apart, but firmly in the ground. And that increasing focus and, you know, confidence before complicated surgery. So this isn't some, you know, woo-woo stuff. This is actually proven physiological changes. And um, I think the reason why you said it's probably one of the most powerful of the three pieces to the triad is because it it is the easiest to change, right? Sometimes it's so hard to change what we are thinking and what we're focusing on, but the body we can change by literally just getting on the floor and doing push-ups or having a stand-up desk versus a sit-down desk situation, right? Yeah. Where we are just more upright. So it's one of those that we can use really powerfully as leaders. And and the reason why I thought this was so important to talk about was really because how we are being and how we're showing up f- as a leader in our organization, in our business is going to be so determined on our triad and our state and how we how we create that. So let's just uh, also get to the other two, right? Like we yeah. have only really touched upon the physical uh, or physiological side. So what are the other two? Okay, so the let's let's talk about what we focus on then as the next point as as the so what we focus on it's it, it we can choose what we focus on in any given situation. Uh, you know, a great example is when we walk into a, a a train station let's say we walk to a train station we can focus on the queues or we can focus on the great conversation and smiling person standing next to us or we can focus on the um someone having a laugh in the distance or we can focus on someone who's angry and having to wait for their train we choose what we focus on mm-hmm. and so why not focus on the things or why not choose to focus on the things that are positive why not choose to focus on the things that are going to empower you and enable you because mm-hmm. by focusing on the other things, it's going to drag your state down. So mm-hmm. focus on the, the things that are going to lift your state up. I mean, what, yeah. How would you explain it? Yeah, the, the, thank you. The, I think that was a great way to, to share um, what it is. The main way that I see this happen and um, show up is really in a couple of different ways. One, you know, Tony Robbins would always say, 
where focus goes, energy flows, right? Yeah. So that's like a world famous quote of his. And it's really, really true because what we tend to do as humans, <laughs> I think a lot of the time is to focus what we don't want, what mm. we don't want to happen, what we're trying to steer away from, what we, you know, what is in front of us that is not working, right? And this is exactly where the brain does not hear the don't. The brain just goes, oh, this, more of this. And so we actually inadvertently create more of the things we don't want if we are not focused on the outcome we want to create, the direction we want to walk into, the experience we would like to have, right? And so focusing on the thing that you do want versus the thing that you don't want is a very, very powerful adjustment that we can all make all the time, every single day, whether we have an argument with our spouse, whether we are um, out for a run and we're focusing on how hard it is versus how beautiful the nature is, you know, like there's so yeah. much, yeah. you know, I had a really interesting experience with that yesterday running because um, I just became a Peloton customer and with the Peloton app comes all, you know, these exercises and, and workouts with coaches. So I literally have my personal trainers, a vast range of them in my ear now, every time I go for a run. And of course I show up so differently when I have somebody to say, okay, then in like 10 seconds, we're going to speed up for a sprint. You know, it's, they're directing my focus. So at the end of the workout, I did a really hard workout from you know, from very little motivation, but I showed up way differently because I had somebody helping me with the focus and the language piece was really there as well, if you think about it, right? And so I think it's just incredibly powerful for us to have the experience that we would like to have if we're just very clear on how we can focus our thoughts and our, you know, our internal language, which is the third piece. Yeah, and it's interesting actually focusing on what we do want rather than what we don't want. It's interesting when coaching people, and and you, I know you'll find this because I know I know I've done it with you. Is Mm -hmm. when um, you say, "Well, so what do you want?" Mm -hmm. Um, And the answer, well, I know what I don't want. Yeah, (laughs) I know what I don't want, but I don't know what I do want. And, yeah. and I find that with, you know, I know I don't want to work for this boss anymore. I know I don't want to work for a corporate anymore. I know I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. So what, what do you want? Mm-hmm. So, true. so I guess how did, so, so being, knowing what you do want, then you've got to know that before you can focus on it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it shows up in two ways. Like, so, so what that makes me think of that you just shared is usually when I ask the question, what would you like or what would you want? Um, how do you want things to be different? People have this habit of giving me all the examples of what's currently in their ongoing in their present life, you know, what's how things are showing up. And then losing their train of thought because they don't have the ability yet to cut through all of that and all of the story to this is actually the experience I'd like. And so as a coach or a leader, I feel like we have the obligation to stick with it and really dive into what is it the person is actually trying to accomplish here? Because we all have this habit of, well, and then they didn't, they said, they sent this email and then they said this, and then they said that. And then I had to do, you know, I had to scramble to make it happen in the last five minutes. Okay. I hear all of that. And what's the experience you actually want? Mm -hmm. Maybe not in this case, because this is past, 
but what about next time? How would you want to show up next time, right? Like, what can you focus on next time? What, how can you approach the situation differently? So when we are working as leaders, we have to have the ability to guide someone's focus on the outcome, towards the outcome, right? And, and actually, it kind of links a bit to reframing, which we'll do in another uh, mm-hmm. episode. How can you reframe a, a situation? But actually, you know, that, the, the, the analogy of a glass half or glass half empty is a really good one because... Mm-hmm. The situation is exactly the same, mm-hmm. whether the glass is half full or whether the glass is half empty. Mm-hmm. And it kind of leads on to the third, third one nicely, because the language you use will determine your state as well. Absolutely. So if you say this is this is really bad, you know, the glass is half empty again. That language is not going to get you in a great state. Absolutely. If you said, you know, the glass is half full again. That gives you a slightly different uh, mm-hmm. feeling about that, how that glass is, is the state of that glass. So the, the language you use to your in to yourself, because our self-talk creates our self-thoughts, which creates our state, which creates our emotion. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so the the self-talk, the talk we we give to ourselves. There was a um, podcast I listened to yesterday, and. It was fantastic. It was, it was about this, about negative thoughts and how negative thinking or negative using negative words in your own head can uh, increase the chances of it happening by 30 percent. Something like that. Some of them have done some studies on this. And if you say it out loud, it increased it by seven times or something. Mm-hmm, I bet. So, so saying it internally is one thing, saying it out loud is another. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but how would you describe the language piece of this triad? Yeah, I I love this one. Obviously, you know, it's something that we've even talked about in the self-coaching one-on-one. It's one very, like all three of these are ways that we can actively coach ourselves as leaders and work with others. And I I think what the language piece is a lot about for me is whether you are at cause or at the effect of life at any given moment. And what I mean by that is you can be either in a state of responsibility where you are owning your experience, what's going on, you're taking responsibility for the results that you're creating. And it's an it's a much more helpful and empowered state. Or your internal language can be more aligned with a victim state where you're at the effect of the world, at the effect of the other people, at the effect of, you know, somebody not doing their job. Right. I was just listening to this the other day where um they were describing how, you know, uh when an employee isn't doing a good job, you know, we are very fast to be you know, yelling at them, firing them. But think about this way. If if the employee was a flower, if the flower doesn't grow, we wouldn't yell at the flower for not growing. We would look at how can we optimize their environment to help them flourish and grow. So that would be, for me, a way of being at the effect of really encouraging my team member by looking at how am I co-creating that they're not performing, mm. right? How am I... How am I creating that with them? And how can I be at cause of their being, you know, in creating great results and being in peak performance? What, what, what just hit me with what you've just said there is as a leader, we can and regularly will create the state of the people that work for us or the people around us. A hundred percent. And I can think of some great examples of people I've worked with who just create an incredibly negative state of everyone around them. 
you know, and everyone listening to this will know that, you know, when you see the email coming through from that individual who's further up the chain and, you, and your heart starts beating or you start wondering about, you know, what next, or you get, they see their number come up on your telephone, that could, yeah. it changes state. You know, you know, seeing that number Absolutely. can change state. It's a trigger. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Because of the language they use, mm-hmm. because of what they focus on, because when they're reviewing you, they're focusing on everything you've done wrong, not anything you've done right. Mm-hmm. And the physiology that they are using uh, mm-hmm. will create the state in you. So, yeah, it's interesting. So as leaders, we need to be really careful with all three of those because we're creating the state in others. And mm-hmm. as coaching leaders, so leaders using coaching skills for leaders, being aware of someone else's focus, their language they're using and their physiology will help know what their state is and, and therefore how to react to that so you can support them in the best way. Absolutely. I would 100% agree. And, you know, with the language piece, I think also it's coming to really, like, the 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 I think the one of the key things that I come back to in my mind is thinking mm-hmm. of a client where there's a huge difference between when they think the thought, I can do this. I can do hard things. I can handle it, you know, versus I'm not sure what to do. I don't know, you know, I don't know what the right thing is to do, right? So we have all this this self-talk that is inherently disempowering and we're not even aware of it, right? And so I think as a leader, if you are in that position where you're still struggling with self-awareness and you don't really know which how you're creating your own state, the language may be maybe sometimes the first one to look at to see, you know, to create the awareness, first of all, because you can notice the impact that you're having as leader when you're coming saying this versus that. Because even if like we all have met this person that when they walk into the room, the posit- the impact is so positive. They haven't even said a word yet, mm. but that is state, right? So physiology. it's the physiology. Exactly. It's really, we can feel how they're showing and how they're being inside and what they must be focused on and how they're thinking about themselves. And it, it all, you know, especially the thinking part goes back to self-worth, good enoughness, Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's one of my favorite things to play in in the coaching arena because it has such a profound effect on how we create impact for ourselves and our own lives, as well as in teams and organizations. And, and, and one of the things that creates that when someone walks in the room with that air of confidence, with that air of uh, compassion and, and, and they f- you feel comfortable with them. The facial expressions are so powerful. There are hundreds of muscles in the face. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was doing yoga the other morning with a a client when we were doing some team building. We were doing some yoga, and one of the exercises was when you uh, are s- sitting in a certain position, is to smile. And this yoga teacher had us smiling for a minute, and it is really difficult to not smile without laughing when you're smiling for a minute, and it's really difficult to feel unhappy. So that if you just mm-hmm. smile, just you know, not a goofy smile. If you smile mm-hmm. naturally, it makes people feel or smile with your eyes. It mm-hmm. makes people feel comfortable with you and engage with you. And you can do that on Teams and Zoom as well. So, mm-hmm. um, so you can create state in people in that way as well. 
Yeah, the, and the last like sort of area of application of this for me is in sales teams, right? Like we talk with sales teams quite frequently and it was certainly one of those things when I worked at Tony Robbins' coaching organization that we were very much made aware of and we had to do all of our coaching standing up because we, w- we were trained to be in a peak state ourselves first before we ever picked up the phone. And so mm-hmm. I think especially in a sales environment, this is quite critical because you know we can't show up with anything less than confidence, calm, connection and connectedness to the other person and really being focused on the the other side, not on ourselves and whatever stuff went on at home, you know. So really using the triad in a sales organization is very very empowering because it just makes you show up entirely differently, right? Yeah. Yeah, because you've got to, you know, whenever you're turning up to do a sales call or or you're turning up to pitch to the investors or you're turning up to uh, take a, a business case to your boss, you've got to turn up in the right state, which means mm-hmm. you've got to manage your physiology first. You've got to manage the language you're saying to yourself. You know, this is going to work. I've got the best business plan here. I know what mm-hmm. I'm doing. This product is really going to help this customer. And your focus is on being successful not on them saying the no focus Mm -hmm. on them saying yes Um, the way the way that i would suggest to access that because some people might sit here and be like oh yeah that all that's all sounds you know good and you know fair and well but how do i actually do that in the moment i think rather than trying to pick out you know, incantations or, you know, kind of phrases that will be, um, you know, positive, like, I've got this, you know, I'm the best salesperson in the world, that sort of thing. If that's not believable to you, that's not going to, that's not going to work for you. So what I would do instead is really focus internally on a last time, sometime in the past when either I've had the best possible sales call and it just went like it just worked, you know, you were just in flow, things were working out great. Or it can be even outside of the context of work where you were feeling on top of the world and really think about how how was I being with my body then? Like, was I breathing fully or shallowly? Like, was I standing or sitting? You know, it might be a hike. It could be last time you swam in the ocean or you surfed the waves. Like, just thinking about what was I focused on? What was my language like? And what was my body like? Because you can literally just by remembering, putting, you can put your cells and your body back into the state. And that's a practice everybody can do that will help you alongside with the superhero powers, you know, su- superhero poses and other things. But if you're struggling to get yourself there by thinking alone about your language, then definitely try to remember a situation or a time when you were just simply feeling awesome. Mm. And I think, you know, kind of pulling this together for the leaders listening to this, just just to repeat, re- repeat the three elements of the triad, physiology, how you use your body, focus what you focus on, and the language you use, being conscious of those in yourself and noticing it in others is really the coaching skill we want you to take away from this conversation today. Just be aware of it. You don't have to do anything with it. Just be conscious of it to start with. Agreed. And then maybe start changing it and doing things, playing around with it, doing things differently with it. Absolutely. 
Yeah, really great topic. I loved it. And yeah. um, thanks so much for having this conversation, Neil. I hope that it inspired you to try out something different, to be more mindful, to create uh, more self-awareness, increase your self-awareness, and really just lead more powerfully, which is what we're here to enable you to do with the Coaching Skills for Leaders podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Neil, for joining me on another sunny day. Um, I look forward to our next conversation very, very soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to Coaching Skills for Leaders podcast with Jana and Neil. If you found the conversation useful, please share with your colleagues and friends. Please also leave us a rating and a review. And if you would like to connect with us directly to discuss your own or your business needs, you will find our contact details in the show notes below.